0: There is no direct connection between them in this life, but there will be a direct connection in the next. I'm talking here about sin and suffering. At the time of Jesus, of course, the prevailing view among the Jewish people was that there is a clear connection a direct connection between a person's bad behavior and whatever suffering they experience here on this earth. And that explains the reaction of the disciples at the very beginning of today's gospel story from John 9. They walked past a man who was born blind. And they asked Jesus what they considered to be the obvious question. They said, Rabbi, who sinned? Was it this man himself, or was it his parents, such that he was born blind? In their minds, it was a simple case of cause and effect. This man's personal sin, or the sin of his parents, was the cause, and his blindness was the effect. It was the direct, logical, and unavoidable effect. This, you will recall, was also the attitude of the three friends of Job who came to, quote unquote, console him after poor Job lost all of his possessions and his health and most of his family in one single day. And you think you have bad days. Ostensibly, those men came to give Job some consolation, to give him some peace in his suffering and in his pain. But for the most part, all they ended up giving poor old Job was a lot of grief. Because in various and sundry ways, they told him, they kept telling him, Look, Job, you must have done something to deserve this. Think, apply your mind. It'll come to you eventually. But the story makes it quite clear that Job was a devout man, a just man, a righteous man, a man who loved God deeply and who consistently did the right thing in his life. He wasn't perfect, but for the most part, he did the right things. Now, perhaps the disciples of Jesus had not read the book of Job in a while, or perhaps they had forgotten one of the most important lessons of that book of the Old Testament. Namely, that sometimes good people suffer terribly and not because of their sins. Eventually, as we all know, the disciples would learn that particular lesson through Jesus himself, who suffered more than any of us, more than anyone else, even though he never, ever, ever committed even a single sin in his entire earthly life. Now, I have heard many homilies and talks on today's Gospel story over the years. And almost all of these homilies and talks have focused exclusively on the point I just made with you, that there's no direct connection in this life between a person's sin and their suffering. Although one footnote needs to be added here, this is very important. Sometimes we can experience a particular suffering because we've committed a certain sin. I'll give you a quick example of that. A man robs a bank, gets caught, goes to jail. He suffers in jail because of his sin, because he stole, because he violated the seventh commandment. And yet, as was the case in today's gospel for this man born blind, very often suffering comes to us for no apparent reason. Like it or not, my brothers and sisters, that's just the way it is. That's the way it is during our earthly lives. But that is not the way it will be in eternity. And this is the point that I have very rarely heard made in other talks and homilies. As I said at the beginning of my homily this morning, there's no direct connection between sin and suffering in this life, but there will be a direct connection between them in the next. And there, in eternity, no unforgiven sin can be ignored. No unforgiven sin can be hidden. As St. Paul tells us in today's second reading from Ephesians 5, and here I quote Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And in the next life, we will encounter, all of us, pure light the pure light of God's presence, the pure light of his truth. And that light will expose any unrepented sins we might have on our soul, in addition to exposing all of our good deeds and virtues. That's the good news. His light exposes those as well. Now, the Lord said something similar to the prophet Samuel in today's first reading when he said that we human beings, we see the appearance, but Almighty God... Sees into the heart. Of course, the good news here is God has given us the means to deal with this situation. Because of the sacrificial death and the resurrection of His Son, we can receive forgiveness for any sin, for every sin we commit after baptism, right now, before we die, in and through the sacrament of confession. Now, you might say, but Father Ray, we've heard you speak about confession before lots of times. Are you going to do that again today? No, I'm not. I'm going to give that job to Pope Francis. Our Holy Father gave a magnificent teaching on the importance of confession a few weeks ago, February 19th to be exact, during his Wednesday audience. And I should also mention, our Holy Father is a man who practices What he preaches. Have you seen the video? I think it's gone viral at this point. It was taken a couple of days ago in St. Peter's Basilica of the Holy Father going to confession himself. He was taking part in a penance service, and if you've been to St. Peter's, you know they have all these confessionals along the sides of the basilica. And the Holy Father was being escorted by a priest to go to one of those to hear some confessions during this service. Well, he told the priest at one point to wait. And he went over to a priest who was already in one of the confessionals, knelt down in the presence of everybody, and made his confession to the priest. So he's a man who does the things he talks about, practices what he preaches. I'll close my homily today by quoting a few of the things he said in his brief address on February 19th. At the beginning, he spoke about the why of the sacrament. People ask us that all the time. Why do you Catholics go to confession? Why do you have confession? Holy Father said this, The forgiveness of our sins is not something we can give ourselves. I cannot say, I forgive my sins. Forgiveness is asked for is asked of another, and in confession we ask for forgiveness from Jesus. Forgiveness is not the fruit of our own efforts, but rather is a gift. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit, who fills us with the wellspring of mercy and of grace that flows unceasingly from the open heart of the crucified and risen Christ. Then the Pope confronted the very common objection that we've all heard before, I'm sure, The objection that says, Oh, all I need to do is confess my sins to God directly. Pope Francis said, One might say, I confess only to God. Yes, you can say to God, Forgive me, and say your sins. But our sins are also committed against the brethren and against the church. That is why it is necessary to ask pardon of the church and of the brethren in the person of the priest. The Pope also knows that some people, perhaps many people, stay away from confession out of shame, out of embarrassment, even though they know deep down inside that they need to go. Well, he addressed that issue too. But Father, I am ashamed. Shame is also good. It is healthy to feel a little shame because being ashamed is salutary. In my country, when a person feels no shame, we say that he is shameless. But shame, too, does good, because it makes us more humble. And the priest receives this confession with love and tenderness and forgives us on God's behalf. The Pope even mentioned how beneficial confession is from a purely natural, psychological point of view. He said, Also, from a human point of view, in order to unburden oneself, it is good to talk with a brother and tell the priest these things which are weighing so much on my heart. And one feels that one is unburdening oneself before God, with the Church, with his brother. Do not be afraid of confession. When one is in line to go to confession, one feels all these things, even shame. But then, when one finishes confession, One leaves free, grand, beautiful, forgiven, happy. This is the beauty of confession. And finally, like every good preacher, our Holy Father encouraged personal reflection and he issued a challenge. He said, I would like to ask you, but don't say it aloud. Everyone respond in his heart. When was the last time You made your confession. Everyone think about it. Two days, two weeks, two years, 20 years, 40 years. Everyone count. Everyone say, When was the last time I went to confession? And if much time has passed, do not lose another day. Go. The priest will be good. Even if he's Father Ray. That's not in here, but you get the point. Jesus is there. And Jesus is more benevolent than priests. Jesus receives you. He receives you with so much love. Be courageous and go to confession. Remember, my brothers and sisters, that there will be a direct connection between our personal sins on this earth in whatever suffering we may experience in the next life, either the temporary suffering of purgatory or the eternal suffering of hell. But the good news is that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in and through the sacrament of confession, breaks that connection. He breaks it. And the really, 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 really good news is with respect to those sins that we do repent of and then confess... Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, breaks that connection forever. Forever.